The ancient Greek philosopher Hippocrates, known as the father of medicine, once said, healing is a matter of time, but it is also sometimes a matter of opportunity. Unfortunately, for those who suffer with Morgellons disease, our opportunities to heal have been fewer and much farther between than most people who suffer from an illness and who can seek help from their doctor. What would the father of medicine, Hippocrates, say about the medical community's dismissal, denial, and ignorance, willful ignorance of the Morgellons disease that has now spread all over the world? Kind of ironic that doctors take the Hippocratic oath to do no harm and to be humble um, when they are evaluating patients who are the ultimate experts on their bodies. Um, and that is why they are called hypocrites because of the hip. No, that's not why. But um, yeah, there's a lot of hypocrisy out there with the gobbledygook lip service floating around the healthcare field right now about patient-centered medicine and evidence-based medicine. In Morgulans, uh, neither of those things exist. And in fact, though there's plenty of evidence-based medicine, there's not a whole lot of patient-centered care on the whole. This is cash flow-centered care. But that's a whole other podcast. I'm working on it, guys. Um, for now, you're listening to More Morgulans, and I'm Crystal Clear, the host of More Morgulans. Thanks for tuning into the show. We're going to have a great episode today. We're going to talk about data. I'm doing a little research project myself right now, and I need y'all's help. So please stay tuned to find out how you can help if you want to. And I hope you do. Helping others helps you. Helping you helps others. You see how that works? In spite of how it may feel right now, or sometimes, despite how it may feel that you are an island floating alone in a vast ocean of isolation, you aren't. We're all alone in this together. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hold the world. This is, I'm here talking to patient zero. That's right. The person who gave knee morgues, but who somehow mysteriously doesn't have morgues. How did you cure it there, mister? Hydrocortisone and anti-jockage. So you're a compounding pharmacist. Yes. I thought that you were a contract guy. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> a complex compounding pharmacist. Basically. So you have cured, should we just call you Dr. Morgulons? 
I'm here with my second best looking ex, Motorcycle Knox. And Motorcycle is the one that gave me boards. Uh, How did your boards start? It started on your feet, didn't they? Uh, the first time I did see anything was right And it was itching you. Yeah, it was itchy. Was it when you were um, working in the yard or was it because of Kia? Kia did, oh, so the face was actually before the feet? No, the feet were first. I remember standing in the shower one time and you were like, my fucking feet are itch. Yeah. But you said it in your voice. You're like, my feet are, wait, have you talked? <laughs> 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 With that beautiful southern accent. Um, but yeah, their feet were itching. But remember, that lasted for a while. Like, wasn't it like two weeks, three weeks? And then it started going up your legs and you had those weird scratches. And that's when I freaked out. Bless your heart, and I was convinced that it was scabies, and so I was like, who the fuck have you been with? But I couldn't think of anything else that it would be. That was a weird time. That was a really weird time. That was, they call it, the era of morgues. But yeah, we may never know what really happened there. I know, it's like, that's what this whole fucking show I've been doing for two years is about. What we do is that you cured it. Yeah, I can't be cured. Did I get this from my ex? Did I get this from too much? Did I get this from too Did I get this from my ex? That is a question that. Perhaps he is right. We will never have an answer to... And he's wrong about everything else. I don't know that it's that important. Not in, not in this particular case, my case, which is just one case. In fact, any one case is not valuable. It's when you gather a sample of my case and your case and his case and her case and they case, them case. I don't really know how we're using those pronouns these days, but use away, claim away, doesn't mean I'll be able to do it right. But my belief is that we are all brothers and sisters of one human family. So I'll call you whatever you want to be called. And when all of us are willing, those of us who are willing to share their stories, their data to an organized effort, at deriving insights into the likely, most likely hypotheses that could fit an accurate description of this disease. Right now, and for a long time, we have been living in a data desert. In a data desert. Some of the most basic information, and I mean basic, information about morgulans is missing. Are the morgulans fibers endogenous or exogenous? Meaning, do they come from the inside of your body, outside of the environment, or do they come on the outside from the environment and go into your body? Or is it both? Who the fuck knows? Um, so are these fibers and specks biological organisms like other pathogens, for example, bacteria and fungus, or are they more like viruses, which are neither really living or dead? Or 
Or are they entirely inanimate objects like sand grains, for instance, whose composition is yet to be discovered? I can look at clear crystals coming out of my skin, and when that happens, Crystal Clear has clear crystals coming out of her skin, I'm just saying. And I can say that that looks and feels like salt, but until the clear crystal from Crystal Clear is submitted to testing to determine whether it is in fact sodium chloride, aka table salt, all I have to go on about morgues is speculative and therefore worthless scientifically. Scientific evidence can be thought of like a set of stairs that as you climb, the evidence gets stronger and more reliable due to the source of this evidence. And that level of evidence each stair represents is according to its source, the source of the evidence. So some sources are stronger, more reliable sources than others, right? I believe my mama before I believe my daddy. Because based upon the evidence, I know he lies all the time just to get a laugh, but yeah, you can't ever rely on what he's saying. If you do, you will become the butt of his jokes. But yeah, I know my mom's never told a lie. That's what my dad says. He says, your mother's never told a lie. I'm like, oh, bar's a little high. Okay. All right. I, I'm trying, but yeah. So source of evidence matters, doesn't it? Well, scientifically speaking, or reasonably, rationally speaking. In order to know the truth, we must look at the data. The data's gotta be good. We have to be able to evaluate whether it is good or not, and some are better than others. And so we also need to be able to put things in perspective in terms of the value of information we receive, right? Right. She knows what she's talking about. So I wanna share with you guys concept that was shared with me during nursing school and it was about uh, different levels of evidence evaluating information and data based upon its source and the association of a certain kind of source of information with a certain level of value when it comes to evidence I know my brain even just hurts saying that so I can imagine what it feels like coming through your ears or maybe you're brighter, sharper than I am, and you're just like, uh-huh, go on. Um, in that case, <clears throat> you think you're better than me? All right, I'll explain it to the rest of us like this. There is a staircase. It is the staircase of science. And as we go up the stair, ascending each step to the most probable provisional truth, with an open mind and an objective eye, unless we wish to be like our delusional doctors who have fixed beliefs, unshakable in spite of the introduction of new or better evidence. They just call that the matchbook sign. Whether you know it or not, we are actually scientists because scientists are humans and we are humans. That's what you call a little bit of irrefutable logic, you guys. And by irrefutable, I mean irrefutable because I could not pick that out on a piccolo for a penny or a million more. Pretty useless, but, but we can generate data through our observations. Those are called anecdotes, not to be confused with the stuff that you give people after they get bit by a rattlesnake. That's an antidote. Got those switched up one time. Big medication error. Um, I was just sitting there telling a story. You know, I got bit by a snake one time. They're like, what about the antidote? I'm like, oh, antidote, antidote. I'll be right back. Shit. 
so busy telling stories, anecdotes. Um, yeah, so that's how, you're, how you know that that level of evidence, well, it's valuable. I have a really good rattlesnake story, but um, it's not going to actually save your life from a rattlesnake bite. So that's the first stair on our staircase. Scientist, me and you, we're going to look at that and we're going to say, hmm, interesting. And then some of us are going to be like, this is boring. But then what if we had a herpetologist come in here and talk? I don't even know if it's called a herpetologist, you guys, but a person that studies snakes, like the crocodile hunter of rattlesnakes. If that person flew in from Australia, sat down and said, well, I'm an expert on rattlesnakes, and I'll tell you that it's definitely not the anecdote you give. You do not want to start telling stories. Is this even an Australian accent? <coughs> Good day, mate. Um, fish and chips. Actually, I think that's New Zealand. Yeah, but then we're on the second stair. We've got an expert here. He is positive because he knows about rattlesnakes. And then if we even had an emergency room doctor, he'd be even more of an expert. And he would definitely be able to tell us that no, for sure, you give the antidote, not the anecdote for rattlebite rattle bite, rattlesnake bites. Okay, so we're gonna trust the expert a little bit more. These these experts, the, one of them's an ER doctor, one of them's a rattlesnakeologist, so I would trust them over me, I'm just saying. Um, all right, we're on the second stair. Let's take a step up, we're going to the third stair. Now we're at observational studies. This is when a large group of people's anecdotes have been aggregated together, one person, or two people listened to all of them and using a set of rigorous criteria, they evaluated our anecdotes and drew from them um, patterns that were statistically significant and using known methods and um, testing measures and tools. So that is a little bit more dependable. So that's even better than expert opinion because as we all well know, experts are often wrong. Morgulans, COVID, monkeypox, have the experts been correct? Then as we're getting up now to a very sturdy part of the staircase, when we're on the step of observational studies, we get even more sturdy and reliable and strong with our evidence when we're on the next stair, which is experimental studies. So we're not just observing, but we're interacting with the phenomena or the condition that we are uh, studying and observing and trying to gain insights about. So this, a great example of a very rigorous um, type of experimental study is the, co the controlled clinical drug trial where you test one thing in isolation against another thing in isolation, blind the evaluators to which one is which, and have them gather data as objectively as possible, and then apply statistical methods to determine whether or not something is safe, safe or effective and or effective. So that's a high level of evidence. That's the kind of research we want done about our disease. Any data that I get on any stair has some potential value, but the evidence provided at higher levels of scientific staircase ought to be more valuable, reliable, and relevant in theory because they've been rigorously and systematically studied while the stairs at the bottom do not have rigor or systematic evaluation on their own. And I would also add just my opinion that it's important that the people who suffer with this condition, people that suffer with Morgulans have some input into the type of research on this disease that's being done. Otherwise, they're just gonna try to load us up with antipsychotics, guys, because they are convinced 
They are not behaving like scientists. They are behaving like delusional people with fixed beliefs. And by they, I mean the medical and scientific community at large. So up the stairway of science, we have arrived at the most possible provisional truth. That is where I want to go. Those are the stairs I want to climb with you. It cannot be done by one lady with a lot of incredibly entertaining and funny anecdotes. I mean, that's a lot. That's a huge contribution to science. Nobel, call me. But it's not enough. Just like healing doesn't happen in solitude, neither does science. Without science, we have no medicine. Without medicine, we have no treatment and we have no cure. Those are the things I want. What do you want? Do you want a treatment? Do you want a cure? Do you want it delivered by DoorDash? Sorry, they haven't expanded to that yet. We're gonna have to do it ourselves, okay? Are you with me? Stay tuned.